Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Coming at you from the beautiful city for one of us of Orlando, Florida, Ty. We are Within the Lines on the road with half of the podcast on the road. Doing this digitally again. Ty, I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be fun. Um, you haven't told me anything about your trip so far. Not a lick of it. And I can't wait to hear how it's going so far. No, yeah, we're going to um, get into that. I'm going to have a little bit of a travel update. If the audio isn't the best, I apologize. I'm recording in a True by Hilton room, which doesn't have a lot of furniture. But I will say the hotel amenities are great. So I will take that trade off. But Ty, since I am on the road this week, it worked out perfectly. We are reviewing the hit film franchise, the hit film. I know you've been circling the candle calendar for fast. Is it fast and the furious 10 fast X? I don't know what the official name of this film is. Fast X fast X, which we joked about on a previous podcast is uh, the beginning of the end, uh, according to them. So the beginning of the end trilogy, (laughs) quadrilogy, however many movies they end up making to milk this cash cow until it ain't got no milk left. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun, Jay. Yeah, it's going to be a good pod. This is the most excited I've been for a pod in a while. Um, it's going to be good. Let's get into the show. of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. Oh. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Okay, Ty, I don't even know where to start because as mentioned in the intro to this, I am currently all the way across the country in Orlando, Florida, Um, and this wasn't a quick four and a half hour plane ride. This was a 2,500 mile, 36 hour car ride adventure that got me to where I am right now. I have been on the road. I'm a road dog since Sunday. Um, I'm a whole different person. Let's just say that. Yeah. You're a man of the streets now, like Dominic Toretta. <laughs> this podcast may never be the same. I have a whole new outlook on life. Um, driving 36 hours by yourself, um, I might add, is a, oh, is, is, fired? is a lot for any person. Um, but honestly, like I will say before I dive into some details, some funny stories to tell you, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, honestly. I thought... Heading into this, I was not looking forward to it. I thought it was going to drag. I thought every day was going to be horrible. And, like, in the moment, there there's moments that sucked on each of the trip. It was mostly just, like, the last hour of each day. But overall, it was actually fine. Now, that being said, we did download every Harry Potter movie. I know this is uh, an anti-Harry Potter podcast, but we did download every Harry Potter movie onto an iPad. Got a little iPad mount that goes into, like, my CD holder. It's actually a really neat contraption. Um, and we've been watching Harry Potter movies. I've watched six of the eight Harry Potter movies. We got other movies downloaded. Um, and that definitely helps pass the time, but not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I'm, I will say when I took my road trip, it wasn't quite as long. Um, but driving all the way up the coast, the last six hour stint going home felt like more driving than the entire rest of the trip combined. 
Um, so I, I would say be wary of that drive home. So I, I actually thought about this strategically. I mean, the last day we're still driving a decent amount, but I did make it where we have one extra day to come home so we don't have to do as many long days. And it's actually, it's weird. We drove to Atlanta first and the drive to Atlanta from where we live is the same as Florida from where we live. So we drove to Atlanta and then drove to Orlando, which is another six and a half hours today. Um, so we actually did more driving on the way out technically, but so we have an extra day on the way home. And then I purposely scheduled the longest day as the second to last, because we're going to do something cool the night before we're going to be in a San Antonio river walk. I'm going to meet up with one of my coworkers. And then the next day we're staying at a casino. I'm going to go play some poker. I've been on a poker ban. I banned myself from poker and the ban is going to be lifted. And then the last day is the shortest of the day's home. So that way I figured that last day would be the worst. So I think it's like six and a half hours instead of like if we average it out being nine hours. So try to get a little strategic there. Mm, That that was smart. You made a good call there because you're going to really appreciate yourself uh, past (laughs) Jason on that trip. Um, I guess I will say just when we're talking about driving, the worst day was actually the shortest. Um, Today actually wasn't bad at all. Six and a half hours uh, left early. Got all my sports podcasts out of the way in the morning. Riley slept. We stopped, got gas, and then uh, we watched Harry Potter Part 6, the remaining three hours. And that wasn't bad at all. The worst day coming out was easily the third day, which was the shortest of the first three days. So the first day we drove 10 hours. The second day we drove 12 hours. And the third day we drove eight hours. The eight-hour day was by far the worst, Ty. We drove through Arkansas and all of Tennessee and northern Georgia, and it is nothing but... (laughs) forest and you can't see anything and the trees are right next to the highway and people complain about driving in the desert and this is the worst because it's like it's like you're going down a never-ending hallway man of just at least with the desert you can see (laughs) out and there's there is different mountain tops you can look at and like meth houses if you're going to vegas but um this drive was just atrocious that eight hour drive was that one felt like 18 hours (laughs) It just does it just feel like your car is like sitting there and you just have like moving like walls next to you and you just have no idea when it's going to stop. Yeah, it, it was horrible. And that day we also had the most random traffic. I usually understand all traffic, like if lanes are, you know, going from six to five or if there's multiple freeways coming into one that causes traffic. Obviously, if there's an accident, whatever the case is, like usually I can explain traffic. It was the most unexplainable traffic I've ever had in my life, Ty. They it was a 30 minute delay to go three miles in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. Um, the only thing that was going on was there's like, there was like construction, but there was no lanes closed and there was like, nothing was uh, impeded on the road. There was like a, a flipped truck that was off the road, but again, it wasn't impeding the road at all, like at all. And it just caused a massive backup. It made no sense. Um, I was pissed bunch off. Bunch of looky loose. Yeah. Just a bunch of people looking. Yeah. It, it made no sense. And I told Riley, I was like, there better be like, a flipped truck, Dominic Toretto came in and exploded the truck or something. And there was, but it still made no sense. So that was frustrating. But um, I got a lot of stories to tell you, Ty. So I guess I'll start with probably the best one, um, which was from that longest day. I guess I'll work a little bit backwards here because this is the best story of the trip out. So what got the Tennessee day off to such an awful, awful start was that I got pulled over for the first time in my life. Mm, That's wonderful. Out of state too. Out of state. Now, you said before the pod you got something spoiled for you by someone. Was this the something? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they said you got pulled over. I didn't get all the details, though, so I'm really looking forward to what happened. All right, so we go through Memphis. 
the first part of the Tennessee drive was actually fine. We stopped at the Memphis Pyramid. It was really cool. Went by quickly. Um, and then we drive like through the outskirts of town. There's a lot more cops. I'm a lot more wary. Um, a lot of the speed limits like in the south are 75 instead of 70. So I usually try to cruise control around seven or eight miles above the speed limit. You know, so if it's 70, I mean, well, let's be honest. I, I go a little bit faster than that, but a comfortable speed, uh, a cruise control, you know, I would do like 83 on the 75. And that was the case here. I saw a bunch of cops. So I was like, I'm going to lower it even more. I'm going to do like 78 in the 75. I don't want, I'm an out of state play. I don't want any attention. So we're just cruising, doing 77. I'm on my cruise control and this unmarked, like it wasn't even a Ford, Ford Explorer. It was like, look like an off-road vehicle gets behind <laughs> me and he's just, he's behind me for a while. And like, I'm, I'm watching him. I'm like, okay, this, this car is a little suspicious. It's unmarked. Like he's like right behind me. He was kind of riding my ass. So he's sitting behind me for a while. And I get over to the right lane and he also gets over and he just stays behind me. And I'm just like, okay, man, like this guy's obviously up to something. And at that moment we had the iPad, we were playing Harry Potter. I was like, Riley point the iPad towards you. I think this might be a cop (laughs) and sure as shit. 15 seconds later, his lights come on his beautiful blue lights. And I'm like, well, I'm getting pulled over for the first time ever. I mean, is he going to write me a ticket for going three miles over the speed limit? Is he, I, I didn't know what to expect. Was it the iPad? I, I don't know. So I pull over. I roll down um, my window, and I roll down Riley's window, and he walks up, and he was he was very nice. Some of the things he said in the interaction will come off as kind of asshole-ish when I tell this story, but I want to say that he was very kind, very nice. He was not a dick. But uh, So he walks up, and he's like, can you roll down your back window? And I was like, yeah. So I roll it all the way down, and he's like, oh, I don't need it all the way down. I just need it. Like, I need some of the window up. And I roll the window up, and he puts the little tint checker on there. And he, he lets the tint check, check read and he's like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, California, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the tint thing comes back and he's like, oh, you know, it, it's 0.7. You know, the, the legal limit even in California is 0.5. And I don't know what any of this means, Ty. 70%, 50%. I don't know what he said, actually. Um, I was just like, yeah, man. I was like, I know my back windows are pretty dark. Like, I bought it from the dealership this way. The front windows actually had that tint on it as well. And the dealership scraped it because it's illegal, but they left the back ones. And he was just like shaking his head. He's like, okay, okay. And, uh, you know, he was asking us like what we were doing. And, you know, we told him we were taking a road trip and he was, he asked where we were going. We said Atlanta. He's like, oh, wouldn't it have been quicker to fly. And I, I pulled the, uh, the marriage card on him. And I said, oh yeah, we're getting married next year. We wanted to take a big trip before the wedding, you know, got to pull that heartstring on him. And he said, congratulations yeah. to Riley. Um, and not you though, <laughs> not really actually. <laughs> You know, he checks my, my license and my registration. I have no idea where my registration is. Riley's looking for it, and she eventually finds it. And I, I say, I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm new to this. He's like, what, new to driving? And I was like, no, new to, new to getting pulled, pulled over, sir. Like, I'm sorry. Um, you know, so he goes through this whole spiel, and he checks my stuff and everything. And I'm just like, what is this about? And he's like, all right, well, I'm not going to write you a ticket today, but I want to tell you, you know, why I pulled you over. And he's like, I'm part of the, the Eastern Tennessee you know, drug force, something, something, something like looking for drugs. And he he was like, you know, I just wanted to check in, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So this guy saw our California car, saw the tint in the back window, I think used the tint as an excuse to get me to roll down the window fully so he could peek inside and, you know, check what we had to make sure we weren't smuggling drugs. Now, this being said, like we had so many bags in the backseat, we easily could have had a lot of drugs in those bags, but I think what the saving grace was, was this guy walks up, both of our windows are down. I'm nervous. Riley's nervous. And she's wearing her freaking motion sickness glasses, goggles that she has. I'm not sure if you've seen these things, Ty. They're 
white frames. They have circles on each side. So they have the eye holes, but then they have circles on the side that keep you from, you know, looking at the horizon. And they have liquid <laughs> in the frames to keep the horizon, you know, so you don't get car sick. And he straight up walks up. This is the first thing he said. I wanted to save this for the end. The first thing he said to us is he walks up, looks Riley dead in the eye, and he goes, nice glasses. And that was just that instantly set the tone. And uh, Riley got us out of, you know, getting in trouble. Um, as soon as he saw those glasses, oh he knew we weren't drug mules. So, But I was a suspected drug mule for about 15 seconds there. So please respect me for that. I fucking love that. I, I will say any, any drug dealers, I, they would pay a premium for you to smuggle drugs. Because the second the cop rolls down the windows, he's not thinking. He saw bags of shit back there. You could have probably had bags of flour just sitting in the seat. And he would have just been like, nah, they're good. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Like, I, like afterwards, I was like, he could have seriously like, m- like checked our bags. Like really slowed us down and went through our stuff. Like obviously we have nothing at all to hide. But um, like he really could have, you know, hampered this. And he, he – he didn't because of Riley's motion sickness goggles, which I will say great purchase by her. I, I was skeptical. I said they were, she got scammed and it was, you know, as seen on TV bullshit mm-hmm. and she hasn't gotten most sick, sick once. And she's been watching like the iPad the whole time. So uh, that's been a big win. For that's her. wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Um, that, that sound like those, those goggles paid for themselves and then some. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, I got one other funny story and then I just have some, <laughs> I had Riley take notes while we were driving of things I wanted to tell you just, most of them are little tidbits. Um, I love that. But the other good story is, so we're, we're the second day, the longest day, the 12-hour day. Um, you know, we're driving, and we were originally supposed to stop in this Oklahoma town that was like six hours from us. I had like an Italian restaurant that actually had a lot of, like it was like four and a half stars with like thousands of reviews. Like it's like a popular like stop, I guess, on the highway. I don't know how this random ass restaurant had so many reviews, but we were going to go there. But it was closed on Mondays. So that was like perfect lunchtime. It was like 1230. I was like, all right, whatever. So we got gas. We're like, oh, let's go to Oklahoma City. And that was like another, you know, I think like two hours from where we were. So it was like 1230. So we're like, all right, we're going to eat lunch at like two. It was like an hour and a half. So we drive to Oklahoma City. We park in downtown. We get this coffee place because we want to try coffee. And on the maps, it looked like there was a lot of food places in downtown OKC. But there wasn't really a lot where we were. And might I add, downtown OKC, fantastic. Highly recommend. It was the cleanest big city I've ever been to. Granted, I told really? Riley, yeah, I don't know what homeless person is like, I'm going to go to Oklahoma City and ask for money. So that's kind of – it has that going for it. Um, it was very nice though, but there was no food places. So you know, we drive even farther at it. Like we start driving and we're like, all right, let's find something easy. We find a Chick-fil-A, but it's like 45 minutes down the road. And I'm just like, whatever. So it's like 4 o'clock by the time we – pull into this this little Oklahoma town for a Chick-fil-A and I'm 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 hangry man. I'm I've been driving for like 10 9 hours at this point. I'm hungry as hell and I'm like all right, I need to eat something, but we pull in this Oklahoma City Oklahoma town tie and there's destruction everywhere. The signs on the like the fast food restaurants, like the outline was still there so you could see like the Chick-fil-A one was actually fine, but like the Arby's sign, like you could see the Arby's outline like the hat and the words, but there wasn't the the actual sign on it, you know, when they're missing it and it's just like the blank, the empty frame. Like the sun bleached wall. No, it was like, it had nothing. It was just the frame of the sign, like the inside, the sign itself was missing, but it was like just the, got it. Got it. Yeah. The frame of it was missing. There was some stop signs that were, you know, like there was like, they had um, like stop signs set up in the middle of the road that were like temporary stop signs. So there was obviously stop signs missing. There were street lights down. There was a bunch of damage. And we're in Oklahoma, heart of Oklahoma. And I, I'm like, right, do you think there was a tornado that came through here? 
And she's like, probably it's Oklahoma. And I'm like, I don't know. This could just be a lot of construction. You never know. Like, I wonder if there's a tornado. And we pull into Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A doesn't have as much damage. I'm like, I'm going to ask the Chick-fil-A worker, like, was there a tornado that came through this town? And Riley's like, don't ask the Chick-fil-A worker if there was a tornado that came through the town. Like, what an (laughs) insensitive thing to ask someone. And I'm like, okay, I won't. And then we pull up to the window, and I just can't help it, Ty. She hands us her food, and as we're about to pull away, I'm like, "I I have to ask her. And I was like, hey, um did you guys have a tornado come through town recently? And she just like looks me dead in the eye. And she's like, yeah, about a month and a half ago, it was really bad. It destroyed a lot of buildings. Like this is, you know, this is the progress we have after weeks and weeks of hard work and all this stuff. And like, I'm just awkward as hell. I have nothing to say. I'm like, I just asked this person. I just asked this person if there was a tornado. She said, yes. And I didn't, I didn't have a follow-up. And all I could say was, (laughs) (laughs) all I could muster was, well, glad to see you're doing okay. And then I just drive away. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's all the interaction went. And then to make it worse is we'd pull out of the Chick-fil-A tie and it was the icing on the cake. What we couldn't see as we came into town was the backside of all these buildings where I'm guessing the tornado came from destroyed. Like the Popeyes missing Yo. half of the back. Like three different restaurants like were missing the entire back wall and they had like the – you know, they, you could tell they were working on it. And I was like, oh, my God, this was so bad. Riley looks it up. Three people died in the tornado. Three. Oh, so my God. I, I hope it, it probably was a town of, like, 25. <laughs> it, was, it was the most awkward encounter of my life, Ty. And I'm someone who has a lot of awkward encounters. We just went to dinner oh at – Oh, my God. <laughs> we just went to dinner at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and there was two teenagers in the elevator. And I was like, you guys stay in here? And they just looked at me like – yeah and i was just like i'm jealous and then i just walked out and then like riley's like you do realize you're a grown man asking teenagers if they're staying at this hotel right <laughs> like i'm like okay i guess i guess that makes sense um your inability to not chit chat <laughs> caused you to just like small talk up a natural natural disaster <laughs> to someone who's very obviously affected like she's probably missing half of her house when she goes home and you're just like nice Oh man. Yeah. So it was good. Um, some tidbits I have for you. Um, there was this funny lake in Arizona called, uh, Lake cataracts or it was called, sorry, it was called cataracts Lake and it was a very cloudy lake. And I thought that was a very funny name Uh, that I wanted to tell you. Nice. Um, I also, I also have a road name power ranking of uh, my three best road names I've seen as I've driven across the entire country. Ty, um, start with three at number three, we have a big danger road. Um, that was, oh. <laughs> that was in the middle of the forest in Oklahoma. I think, um, you, you just don't want to get actually, off on big danger road. That's actually someone's just driveway. He's just tired of people fucking up and going to his house. Yeah. Good point. Actually, that might be it. Okay. <laughs> um, number two, which was number one, it was the first day, but it got usurped, uh, in Oklahoma, actually Oklahoma has two of the three. Um, this was a doggone road. <laughs> doggone road it was yeah dog no space just doggone road and i i was laughing because i was like there was definitely a settler or something that was just like yeah let's go go take that doggone road over there and it just stuck forever um but number one ty is undefeated so we're playing the alphabet game because of course you got to pass some time on a road trip and riley's on l and the sign comes up and it's the name of the street and we're right next to a lake there's actually like a lot of like lakes and little rivers in oklahoma and so we're right next to this lake, right? And the L for the exit sign, the street name, is L-O-T-A-W-A-T-A-H, Lotta Water Road, right next to the lake. <laughs> it was <laughs> number one. 
go. <laughs> yes, a lot of water road. It was it was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, that was number one. It was an easy number one. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was easy. I'm look that up. <laughs> Gotta look that fucking shit up right now. A lot of water road. Yes, a lot of water lot road. Lot of. Lot of. Oh, was it right next to a lot of water creek? That makes sense. Yes, I think it was next to a lot of water creek. <laughs> lot of water road is not Indian name. I don't know what that means. Well, because there's a lot of Native Americans right there, so maybe that's what it is. Exit two sixty two lot of lot of water road, Chicota, Oklahoma. Yeah, I I told Riley that that had to have been like the best natural alphabet game find ever. Like I was I was like crying of laughter, Ty. Um, the only that's th- incredible. I love that. <laughs> the only other thing I have on my notes, and I don't remember. I guess I told Riley to ask. I had this as a question for you, um, but I don't. This is, I guess, road trip brain. I don't even remember asking this. Um, I wanted to ask you, how long are you a groom for? How long can I say I'm a groom since I'm getting married? Oh, uh, am I a groom right now? I think you're. I think you're technically a bachelor, so. Okay. Okay. Because we we have to give you a bachelor party, and you want it's not a groom party; it's a bachelor party. It's very true. So I think you're only groom the day of. Only the day of. Yeah. Okay. So before the wedding, you're a bachelor. During the wedding, during the wedding itself, you're a groom, and then after the wedding, you're a husband. Correct. Yeah, groom is a very, very short window. That that's like a nine hour window, Ty. Like I gotta cherish yeah. my ni- the nine hours of my life. And you know, I will be a groom. No, I'll, I'll say the rehearsal rehearsal dinner is when you start being the groom. Oh, so it's a weekend thing. <laughs> no, I think so. Now that I think about it, because you're not a bachelor if you're at a fucking rehearsal dinner. Fair. Yeah. Good point. No, that's it. Yeah, it's like a it's a weekend thing. All right. Um. That's good to know. Thank you for telling me that, Ty. I, I yeah. don't think I have anything else. Um, I keep breathing in a mic. I'm sorry. I'm holding it like a stand-up comic. I don't know if I said that on the podcast itself or on Mm-mm. before we were we were talking. Uh, the Brave Stadium, Truist Park, very nice. Um, it's going to be up there. Did you guys there. win tonight? Uh, we, it was last night. No, we lost. It continues my road-losing streak. Oh. Walk off Is that the day the Braves. Azuna from the Braves hit Will Smith? Uh, in the head no that was two days before we they won the first two games of the series then lost the one we went to of course which is just love that classic jason reed fashion yeah i I can't think of any other funny stories um you know we saw fast and the furious in atlanta in an amc i love amc they give you the popcorn tub which as i've been on the record on the podcast is better than a popcorn bucket if you get a tub Um, well, I guess a tub is a bucket. It's better than the bag. A bag of popcorn just yeah. doesn't stand up. Or even the fake the fake buckets that you get from Cinemark. No, a real a real tub mm-hmm. slash bucket is the best. Um, it was a really weird theater because it was like halfway under construction, like um, renovations. It wasn't like still being built. But like we happened to see Fast and the Furious on accident in like the Dolby, you know, the fancy Dolby cinema, not quite IMAX, but you know, fancier recliners and bigger cinema, bigger, you know theater bigger screen more sound all that stuff so like the theater itself was like probably the best mood like singular theater i've ever been in but the overall theater was uh very like work in progressy but um it was a good place to see fast and the furious um is it possible it was hit by a tornado recently you know i don't know i don't know if georgia gets tornadoes admittedly ty they might okay i don't either but 
um, I guess I, I would be remiss before we jump into the Fast and the Furious movie um, to admit that uh, Riley beat me in mini golf for the first time ever. Um, no. Yeah, so we went to Putt Shack in Atlanta, which was a place that she found years ago. We've been looking forward to it. It's actually really cool. It's the coolest mini golf place I've ever been to. Pretty expensive, but you know what can you expect um, in today's economy? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was kind of like I think it was like the Top Golf. I would call it the Top Golf of mini golf. Quite frankly, I know Tiger Woods is trying to do wow. like a bar mini golf thing, but it was we played eighteen holes. You pay for nine holes each, and the whole area was like there was a bar and a restaurant and like, you can just hang out like a lounge, wait for your tea time. They had a system where like you would sign up or you could uh, sign up online before and you'd have specific tea times where you'd go off. We went at like a Tuesday at noon. So there was like no one there. So we didn't really experience that whole progress. We pretty much just got there and played, but it was really cool. It's all technology driven. So like the balls, I'm guessing they have like RFID chips or something in them and you place them down on the black spot when you start and it registers that you put it there and it says like, hello, Jason, you know, take your first shot. And then, um, the winner is actually determined by like score, not overall strokes because you get points for how many, like, you know, strokes you finish with. So, you know, four strokes is worth 10, three strokes, 20, whatever their scoring system was. I don't exactly remember, but there's ways to get bonus points in each hole. Like a lot of the holes have these things called super tubes. It was like a lit up green circle that you could try to hit it into. You get extra points. Um, one of the holes was like a true and false, true or false hole. It asked you a question. You had to get it true or false. If you got it wrong, you got minus points. Like it what was, was your question. Uh, mine was Riley got the easiest question ever. Uh, mine was like true or false. Did McDonald's try launching a, a bubblegum flavored broccoli for kids back in like the 1990s? Do you think that's true or false? Ty? False. It was true. I got it wrong. I also said false. Wow. Yeah, and then my other one, I don't even remember because there was we played both nines and both on each nine there was a true or false one, but it was really cool. But at the end of the day, Riley clutched up. I must admit, we had like three holes left to play. I had a big lead. Uh, she super tubed two holes in a row, hole in one to cut the gap, and then I was winning by uh, I was winning by six points. And like we're in the hundreds, it's like the final score is like three hundred to three hundred, so that's like a marginal you know lead. And the final yeah. hole was just like you kind of hit it up. Um, and it got thinner each, each, uh, like level you went to, you just, it was like a slope up and the top hole was worth 50 and then the next was worth 40 and then 30, blah, blah, blah. She drains it in the 50 hole forces me to hit it in the 50 and I just can't do it. And I hit it in the 40 and she ends up beating me by four points and securing her first ever mini golf dub. So congrats to her. Love that. She's an East coast golfer. She just hadn't found her uh, home field yet. (laughs) <laughs> I guess so. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I'll have some more stories from the road trip next week. Uh, you know, I'm still going to be on the road next week. And then yeah. two weeks from now will be my day back and we'll re- record in person. But I might even have more stories then. But uh, I'm excited, Ty. But I'm, I'm also excited to talk about Fast and Furious. Do you want to get into it? I do. First off, I, I, I'm really looking forward to next week's update. Here's the hoping you get pulled over again. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ty. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Let's get into the Fast Furious. When a ghost from Dominic Toretto's past comes back for revenge, he must drive faster than he ever has before to furiously protect his family. <laughs> there it is. There's the wordplay. <laughs> was... It was protect the ones he loved most. Um, and, and then I, I realized that's his fucking family, dog. His familia. Fast mm-hmm. X. Mm-hmm. 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% audience score. 
which is kind of the standard I feel like nowadays with the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. The critics aren't going to like them. Uh, the audiences are going to eat them up. I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm typing with one hand because I have to hold my mic with the other. This is great radio. Um, but I'm trying <laughs> to find the rankings of the movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Here we are. The Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, we come here. Yeah, so Fast X, 55.85, the first score being Critics. Fast 9, or sorry, F9, the Fast Saga, 59.82. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, I'm not going to count that. Fate of the Furious, 67.72, Decent, Furious 7. Okay, so actually, uh, going back, uh, the critics actually kind of like them too. Audience is always in the 80s. It's kind of started with Fast 9. It's kind of the down the downhill climb here. Um, Ty, you're, you're notably not a big Fast and the Furious guy. Um mm. But that being said, I told you I was very excited to talk about this movie, and your only words to me afterwards were, what a fucking movie. So I, I, I don't know if that's good, that's bad, that's horrible. I don't know, but I'm very excited to find out. Uh, I think, I, I I don't know, man. I feel like it just perfectly describes this movie. It, it's just a fucking movie. It is. Um, and I guess I'll mention it now before we get into the film itself. Well, we could talk about the film a little bit, as we always do. Uh, anyways. Um, me and Riley had a little bet. So I always tell Riley not to let me have popcorn until the movie starts because if I don't pace myself, then I will finish the entire popcorn before the movie starts and my stomach hurts and it's just a horrible situation. So, and we're at AMC, as I mentioned before our break, and they have a lot of ads. They have the Nicole Kidman thing, which I know you love, and then we were in that special Dolby Theater, so they <laughs> had like three special Dolby Theater things where they had to show how the, the picture was brighter and the sound was better, you know, all that mumbo jumbo. And mm-hmm. I told her, to be funny, and I was like, don't let me eat any popcorn until Vin Diesel says family or familia. Ty, do you know when the first time he said that in this film was? It's got to be like 30 seconds in. No, like 30 minutes in, if not more. No. He he himself no did not say the word. He said brother. He said son. He did not say family or familia. And, of course, spoilers as always with the Within the Lines podcast until after the Rome attack – and the bomb went off, and he was talking to that old lady who I think is Hobbs' mom or Shaw's mom. I don't remember. Yeah. There's so many damn characters in this franchise. And he said, I just want my familia to be safe or something like that, my family. Or no, he said, like, I want those that I love the most, my family, to be safe or something like that. And then I finally got popcorn. And by that point, you know, it was like I was chomping at the bits. <laughs> See, you fucked yourself because you should have also put in a caveat or a Corona shows up because that happens within the first like 90 seconds. Oh, the, the lunch scene or the whatever, the, the barbecue scene. It's the same, dude. It's the it's the same barbecue every single time. I think they have the same props and they just set them up in the exact same place. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they've they have a reserve of like 40 Fast and the Furious movies of just barbecue scenes, you know, in case stuff goes stuff goes haywire and they need to add them into future films or whatever the case happens like. It's the same every movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I I don't know, man. Uh it's it's always uh it's a kind of a returning like cast member member at this point, is that scene. Well, it's a it's a pivotal part of the key elements category, I'll tell you that much, and we could talk about it more when we get into there. Um do you have any nightmares from Civic Plaza to report about before we dive into things? I gotta say, Jay, absolutely incredible performance from Civic Plaza this week. Wow, very nice. I love to hear that. It was it was smooth. I got my tickets easy. Popcorn tasted good. Went in. Um, no one was sitting in my seat. No, no ridiculous people. No issues on the screen. 
it was top it was top notch cinema. Um, I would say top notch cinema environment. I watch myself there. That's <laughs> that's good to hear. Hopefully that um you know bumped your enjoyment score a little bit. And I will admit, as you know, I've said in the past, this isn't the first time we've reviewed movies on with me on the road. Um, if I see a movie on vacation, it might get a little bit of a vacation bump. It just happens. I'm sorry. I'm human. Those kind of things just happen to people. It also got an, a legitimate plus one enjoyment bump tie for something very specific in this film. You probably already know what it is. I'll save it till we get there. Um, or maybe it comes up naturally in conversation. I have no idea what it is. Good. Well, I'll tell you at the very end. I won't oh, is it something or someone? Something that happened in this movie by a particular someone. Oh, now I don't know. I'm excited. Um, let's jump straight into it. Plot slash story. So Jason Moe's character, I'm just going to go based off actor names. There's too many characters to remember their names. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's not great, you know, radio, great film radio, but Jason Momoa's character, he is the son of the bad guy who was killed in fast five, which everyone knows is the best fast and the furious film, um, during the, <laughs> which is also when the franchise, it was a pivotal turning point and it turned ridiculous, um, when they were doing the vault heist, uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Um, you know, they totally retconned Jason Momoa in. he obviously wasn't in the film itself. Um, it would have been really cool if he like was an extra cause he wasn't huge yet. And they were able to spin that. That would have been really cool, but oh, well, you know, you don't just see extras turn into movie superstars all the time, but you know, so he, we get that little intro scene of what happens, you know, some old footage, some, you know, with Jason Momoa added in and whatnot, some new footage sprinkled in to make it look old, which I actually kind of liked. They made it look cool. Like it actually looked kind of like it was filmed 12 years ago. Um, which I guess isn't really that hard to do. You just go pull out your 12 year old cameras. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, then we get into the story and it's pretty much Jason Momoa's character trying to pick apart the fast and the furious family one by one and make Dominic Toretto suffer. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in this film. There's maybe some needless bloat in this film. In my opinion, um, it's two and a half hours and it could have been two hours and two minutes. Um, and I, I feel like there's there's some things you can easily dissect, and there's some things I actually want to praise. Some things to dissect. Like I said, a lot going on. Um, I don't think we needed the little Shaw, Shaw, Shaw moment with uh, Jason Statham. Um, that was pointless mm-hmm. to the overall story. Ooh. Unless it's setting up something for mm. the second one, which it probably is. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Um, yep. And I know this was directly setting – or sorry, the, the second one of the end of the trilogy quartet – um, the other thing that felt a little bloated was the scenes with, um, Michelle Rodriguez and I don't know the actress's name, the blonde lady, um, them, Charlize Theron. Oh, duh. How do I not know that? Um, fighting in the Antar- Antarctica prison. Like, yeah, that's directly setting up the next one. But like that whole interaction felt a little bit bloated. There wasn't any character development. It wasn't like the two fought and then became friends it was just like no they hate each other let's fight and i get it it's fast and furious you want to just give the people what they want and a lot of people want that um so that was a little bloated you obviously can dissect all of the stuff that is ridiculously unrealistic in this film it's weird with these movies because we suspend disbelief for a film like the avengers but then when it comes to this are we supposed to discredit it because vin diesel pulled two helicopters together with a with a muscle car i don't know i don't know what (laughs) universe we live in um but I feel like they've at least grounded this franchise in realism and that's how it started. So you kind of have to discredit it a little bit. That being said, 
I liked, and we'll get to this the specific character itself, but I liked the overall what Jason Momoa was trying to do and the kind of like the dis, the story of dismantling the fast, the motives behind it were kind of whatever they, the motives sucked. Let's just be honest, but the actual mm-hmm. like, idea and it was kind of meta, like they made me- multiple meta jokes about the franchise in this, but the whole like meta story was like this villain was almost destroying what makes the fast and the furious film franchise, the fast and the furious film franchise. Um, the best way that this movie should have ended is maybe him just like punching Vin Diesel in the face. And it's not like this obscure, crazy fight scene. It's just like something simple, but um, I yeah. kind of like that story. It was better than the other fast and the furious as I will say, which isn't a very high bar to climb. Um, all that being said, I landed out. Let me pull up my sheet real quick. I landed at a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Still not a great score. It's not, no. Um, you know how I feel about these Fast and the Furious movies. And I, I will admit that in this one, when they're like doing the fucking superhuman surgery to like repair them with like a robot laser, um, I, I am reminded that Hobbs and Shaw takes place in the same universe. Yeah. And there's superheroes. There is superheroes in the Fast universe. Um, Fair enough. So I, I guess we just kind of have to accept that. Yeah. So like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on it too much for that because like that's just what this is at that this point and that's fine. Um, the story was nothing but bloat though, and while it, it yeah. created maybe some some cool scenes, it was like the whole point of the character um, of Jason Momoa's character was like I don't have like I'm not gonna kill you, I'm gonna make you suffer, and that's just an excuse for us to do a lot of really cool shit and just find different ways to hurt Dom on screen. That yeah. just doesn't lead to a good story, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I landed on a four, and I, admittedly, I was lower, but I bumped it up a little bit. I gave it a four because I, I, uh, I mean, there's a twist in it. I, I, I don't know how much of a twist it really is because he's kind of the asshole of the movie, and then he's good for like two seconds, and then he goes back to being the asshole of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buff Pat McAfee with the the. <laughs> that's it that's the one <laughs> um but like it's it really is the first of three like i don't i it, it's not a standalone story at all it doesn't end um, no no it doesn't it doesn't it does a lot of extra shit that isn't finished and that's fine but you're not gonna get a good score out of me when you do that like i understand exactly why they set up the shaw leaving and it's it's the post credit scene. Um, Hobbs is back, baby. Hobbs is back. And look, how long did it take you to realize that was Hobbs? Because let me tell you, the second I saw that motherfucker's revolver, I knew it was him. I knew we, we were getting the man back. Okay, so me and Riley actually started leaving the theater early because we were trying to miss the crowd. It was late here. We were tired from driving all day. Um, and we went out like a wrong exit, so we had to go back into the theater. It was kind of embarrassing. Um, but the post credit scene started playing, so it actually ended up working out perfectly. And I, I, I wanted, I don't think that was the Rock under the suit the whole time because that did not like. I was like, "There's no way that's the Rock. He looks too big. Like he doesn't look big um, enough." Excuse me, I didn't think he looked big. No, enough. you're you're so wrong. That man's forearm veins are identifiable from a mile away. <laughs> You've never been more wrong about anything in your entire fucking life, Jay. The second he's on screen with his fucking two and a half foot long revolver. And gigantic fucking arms. I knew it was the man. Okay, never mind. I stand corrected. Um, 
I thought it was going to be Paul Walker. I thought they were going to go down that route, which we'll see oh, when that. God. We'll see when that happens. I mean, with AI, who knows? They they could get his voice back. All they got to do is have his brother fill in and figure out the rest there. I mean, he's still alive in the Fast Universe, which is always a weird thing where like they've written him like he's alive and he just doesn't want to do any of this anymore. But he's they, never at the family barbecues, despite his wife being at the family barbecues. And then they go out of their way to include him in dialogue. It's like, are you safe? He's like, yeah, me and Brian are safe. And it's like, just, you don't have to. Yeah, well, they do that, but then they also throw in the scene of Vin Diesel longingly looking at the uh, the pictures of him and Paul Walker like he's dead. Like, it's like they, they toe the line. I mean, they did. They literally played See You Again in this. Like, they were... They did. <laughs> they were trying to bring that back. But, um, yeah, I think you articulated a lot of the points about why the story in plot is bad better than I did because I kind of was, it sounded like I was praising it a lot more. The, the, the meat and bones of this movie, like you mentioned is bad. It's a lot of blow. It's a lot of that, but I thought the, the kind of meta story they were trying to tell, and maybe they tell it in number two and three, like maybe there's actually more compelling story here. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I just thought there was actual intent there. Like, because I think they are setting this franchise up to at least end for like five years until they reboot it. Um, and they want to tell like a story across multiple films with that instead of it being, hey, let's make another Fast and Furious movie. What's the idea? I don't know. Dom has a long lost brother and it just makes absolutely no sense. So like, yeah, there was some story intent there, which gave it, you know, better than a, a four or five. You know, you gave it a four. Um there was something specific I wanted to bring up with you, and I just totally blanked on it now, Ty. Oh, well. Regarding the story? Yeah, I, I guess we just moved. It was just the, the movie, you know, it's like you said, it's bloated. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the ending. I, I want to talk about that now okay. as we're on plot slash story. Riley yeah. saw some people saying this was like Infinity War, <laughs> which not Riley didn't say it was. <laughs> But that's she saw some tweets um, that said it was, or some reviews, and you could tell that they saw the praise that Infinity War got for the way it ended with the bad guy winning, and they were like, "What if we do that? What if we do Avengers Part One, Part Two? What if we do?" Now I haven't got to this Harry Potter yet, but maybe Voldemort looks like he's going to be winning in Deathly Hollows Part One. Don't spoil it for me, Ty. And then he doesn't, and they're like, "What if we do that?" But they didn't do it. They just ended on a cliffhanger like it was the final episode of a TV series. Oh, my God, dude. That's fucking the greatest comparison ever. Um, <laughs> no, they don't. And that's like, here's the thing with this universe. And it's shown again in the post credit scene. Even if you're dead, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you can have very, very on screen, very obvious deaths. The only one who hasn't come back yet is Paul Walker. Because he's dead in real life. Yeah, and I'm I'm just waiting for them to find a way to fucking do it. Because Han died. On-screen death, very dead. Gal Gadot makes an appearance at the end of this. Jumps out of the fucking plane on the never-ending runway. Very dead, very on-screen death. The whole reason Han leaves the fucking group is because she's dead. Just pops up out of a su- submarine. Very alive. Um, fucking Letty, Michelle Rodriguez. Very dead. She was Gone the OG. Like three fucking movies. She was the OG. Yeah, she was the first one. Well, Vin Diesel maybe because he was in the first one, wasn't in number two and three. Did they insinuate he died in the first one? I don't remember. No, no, not at all. He's okay. just he runs from the cops and he's on the run. But um, I, I just like even if they die, it doesn't matter. And their their move on this one is let's have a plane go behind a mountain off screen for the longest time 
so we can start the next movie with them in parachutes and cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so fucking obvious. And, like, the water breaks, and it's going to be someone, like, flying in or something so fucking quickly to save them. It's, it's just a ridiculous ending. Yeah. It, I, I felt... I always praise movies for not giving them like Hollywood endings because I, you know, so many movies just want to do that because, you know, they get better audience scores. Like that's just the fact of the matter that audiences like happy endings more. That's why every movie has a happy ending. (laughs) Most movies do, but this like wasn't even done right. It was just like, I I don't know. Maybe they filmed the, the, the final trilogy quadrilogy, whatever it is all at once. And they're like, well, let's just cut it here. (laughs) Um, and that's what happened. Um, because even John Cena like is implied that he makes a sacrifice and dies. I will. I would bet every fucking penny I would make the rest of my life that he shows up in Fast Twelve. I hope so. I freaking hope so because we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to characters with John Cena because they made okay. a very strategic yep. decision with his character in this film. Um, <laughs> very strategic, and they, maybe they listened to our review from last time. Um, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, man. It's the I, and now. Go ahead. Before we jump off the story, because I know we're getting ready to do, go to key elements here. Um, the whole thing with The Rock showing up in this movie was that he didn't want to be seen, didn't want to do anything with Vin Diesel, right? Yeah. Um, but Vin Diesel needed baby bro Dwayne to be in this universe. <laughs> I'm glad you brought and that up. And originally it was a two-part. Uh, no problem. Originally it was a two-part finale, and then they changed it to a three-part. We're getting a Hobbs and Shaw 2 as Fast 11, right? Like, that's 100% what's happening here. And then Fast 12 is the final conclusion. Ty, I'm glad we think so much alike, because I was actually going to make this point before moving on to key elements. Um, yeah, I, I I have the same theory. I think it's going to be Hobbs and Shaw. Like, maybe not a full Hobbs and Shaw, but 90% Hobbs and Shaw yeah. movie will be Fast 11. Um, and there will be, like, very little Vin Diesel. Maybe we have Vin Diesel. Like, we... we we will still have some Vin Diesel because I, I think they know their audiences aren't that dumb. They can't just do a Hobbs and Shaw movie and call it Fast and the Furious. But it'll be mostly that. They won't interact at all. You know, it'll be 70% The Rock, whatever it is. And then the end of the movie will be them, you know, Vin Diesel and The Rock finally having that moment on screen together. And it's like a meta, like, oh, yeah. these guys are partnering again. Like, and it's the meta joke of not only are these two characters partnering again who have been, you know, mm-hmm. diametrically opposed foes um for oh. most of the film franchise that's a Hamilton shout out but also the behind the scenes stuff of the baby bro Dwayne, you know, finally stepping in and fulfilling his big bro's wishes of yeah. you know, filming the franchise. Now, I think the big reason why this happened, I think Vin Diesel can, you know, go thank his Guardians of the Galaxy 3 director James Gunn for killing Black mm-hmm. Adam. The Rock needed some money. He said I'll do a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> One million percent. If Black Adam's a box office hit, we're getting Fast 11 and the franchise is over. Is there some politics here? Did Vin Diesel go to James Gunn like, hey, James, you know, brother. He just said, I am Groot. James knew exactly what he meant. (laughs) He was like, no. Okay, I got you. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. God, that's so good. I wish Guardians of the Galaxy did a freaking meta joke about Groot saying something about familiar or something. That would have been hilarious. Um Let's jump to key elements, Ty. Speaking about Familia, that's a good point to pivot. Yeah. Why don't you talk about it first? I want to hear your thoughts. Look, man, this movie, this is this is the Fast and Furious franchise, but it's Fast X. Um, there's, there's a few key elements. We have, it's 
it's family one of one this yeah. is a family movie through and through that's <laughs> always going to be the key keyest of key elements in this universe you think it's cars but no cars comes in second behind family um and then there's action it says crime that they've gone fully away from crime they're they're good guys trying to do the right thing actually yep um, yep 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 but it's family it's cars a kind of comedy in action. Um, there's a lot of family in this movie. There yeah. is. There is. I I will say this is the most family that's ever been in a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> I love that. Um, with that being said, the cars in this movie kind of fucking sucked. Okay, you didn't like any. You didn't like John Cena driving the little beater. Um, no, but I, well, here's the thing, Jay, is, um, that style Mustang is the Mustang my dad used to have, uh, growing up. Daddy. It is my least, it is my least favorite style of Mustang. I give him shit for it all the time because I love Mustangs except for that version of the Mustang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, nothing brought me more joy than them to play the joke that that's the pile of shit car in the franchise. Oh, your dad already, he had a Facebook comment that the Fast and Furious franchise is shit. So he's going to really triple down on that opinion now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I told him about it and I told him it was the greatest thing they've ever done. And it brought me so much joy to see John Cena shitting on his, uh, his, his beloved Fox body Mustang and then listening to good vibrations in the most nineties way possible. Um, I <laughs> look at the cars in this didn't do it for me. It was really, they were really plain. There wasn't a lot of like, we finally got a drag race again, but it was just like, eh, you know, oh, here's a couple old cars, here's a couple new cars, whatever. Like, do better do better fast and furious franchise i hope you're saving the car budget for the next two um <laughs> I, I look the action admittedly was it was fine it wasn't anything special the comedy's funny it's always funny these characters have done countless amounts of fucking movies together by now there should be um, good chemistry and comedy between all of them yeah i i landed on a 14 i i don't love this type of action anymore it doesn't really fucking do it for me but I would have liked more cars, lots of family, lots of comedy, though. So you said you don't love this type of action anymore, Ty. I, I, didn't, th- I didn't know this was the enjoyment category. Um, whether you love it or hate it, you have to just say what it is and whether or not it is what it's trying to be. So I think here's, I'm- here's, my, here's my point with that. The car action in this movie... We just watched John Wick do a fucking <laughs> drive in a circle for 45 minutes killing guys, and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Fair enough. Um, There's so much better things to do in a car than this. Look, the the Fast and the Film franchise does something no other Fast franchise the does. Franchise? The Fast and the Furious franchise. Why isn't it called like Family Fast and the Furious? I don't know. That's a miss on them. Look, <laughs> am I being maybe a little bit too lenient with the key elements because this yes. is a film franchise just doing the same old tricks? Yes, I am. I also already established that I have vacation brain right now, so I can't be held accountable. Um, There's so many moments in this film, Ty, that make me laugh of joy. They bring me joy. Like there's action scene. There's a difference. There's action scenes that bring me joy because they're awesome. There's the John Wick one shot. You know, there's the, the Guardians one shot that they did in the hallway that we raved about. And then there's movies like this that bring me so much joy just for how ridiculous they are and how how they are lighting money on fire to do the most ridiculous things possible. Vin Diesel drove down a fucking dam, Tyler. He drove down a dam 
that and had flames coming to him and hit his nitrous oxide into the flames and it somehow didn't explode his car. How that happened, I don't know. John Cena had no. no. Go ahead. That scene pissed me off because in the first movie, there's one thing that I've always fucking raved about, and it's the fact that they do a, a burnout don't a, a burnout wheelie, and those two things are the opposite of what happens when you do either a burnout or a wheelie. If you're doing a burnout, your wheels are spinning. If you're doing a wheelie, you have so much traction that the car is lifting up. Those both can't be true. And they had a prime opportunity to fix that in this movie. He's lined up facing the edge of the dam, needing the front of his car to clear. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to happen. They're going to do a fucking wheelie right for the first time ever. And then he does the fucking burnout wheelie again. And it made me so irrationally angry. It's not, we're 10 movies fucking past that in this franchise and i really thought we were coming back and it really pissed me the fuck off john cena had a death machine vehicle that shot rockets in which dominic Toretto's son jumped out of to fix the rockets that he was shooting and then was driving on the side of the road pointed the rockets down shot the rockets at the ground so he could propel himself into the other side of the road um it's like rocket league he he had a miniature plane inside of a commercial aircraft and just dropped the bottom of the craft and just 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 soared in this little crane with uh, vodka as his only fuel. Um, yeah. Got that through TSA, too. Yeah. How does it get through TSA? Um, I, I can't – like, there, there's so much – I mean, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Charlize Theron fight scene, whatever. There wasn't anything fun there. Um you know, Vin Diesel just—he's doing epic driving in this man. I mean, the drag race—that's Fast and the Furious. They did the race, they did the booty shaking, they did the music. They played old Fast and the Furious songs. They played new Fast and the Furious songs. They had a barbecue. They talked about family. Um, Ludacris and uh, Tyrese Gibson argued some more because that's what they do. Um, <laughs> it it was look. It's every, the the dialogue was bad, but in a good way, which. Um, I guess I could bring it up after I give my score here. This is everything I want in a Fast and the Furious movie. Love, hate it, or indifferent about it. I gave this a 17 out of 20 for key elements. Look, and you're raving about it. You're three points higher than me. That's, if you would have told me I give this movie a 14 out of 20 for key elements before watching it, I would have been shocked. Okay? <laughs> I really enjoyed a lot of this. I was laughing at it. I, to the point where people were like, like jerking their heads looking at me because I was laughing having such a fucking good time with how ridiculous this movie was. Ty, they had a flaming, like, bomb that was just rolling down Rome that they somehow... Oh, my God. <laughs> Go that, ahead. A, didn't blow up, and B, he was like, oh, my God, it's gonna blow up, and then takes out the supports of an awning to protect these people from an explosion with fabric. What do you mean? When the bomb is rolling down the street and it's fired, yeah. he's like, oh, my God, there's going to be an explosion. And then he drives up on a fucking curb and takes out the supports of, like, the just the sunshade. And it, like, falls down oh. and saves everyone on the side of the road. Yes, yes, yes. That was the pump. There was so, a gas pump that exploded. Yes. <laughs> so ridiculous. I thought you in, in a good way, but so ridiculous. I thought you were going to point out when he was on the bridge and he jumped off the bridge to hit the construction machine that then swung and hit the bomb into the river. <laughs> I thought you were gonna bring that up, or the fact, or the fact that after that happened, he outdrove a shockwave for about five seconds. Outdrove a shockwave. I don't know if he outdrove it for about five seconds, but he definitely outdrove it for a quarter mile. <laughs> uh, how about also after he hits that thing? 
have you seen those TikToks of like would I survive and it's like a video game of a car just yes. getting fucked up? Yes, those are my favorite. He just he just flies into the side of the mountain. Like no car has ever flown into a mountain before. And just like the camera cuts to him inside and he just like kind of shimmies in his seat and then lands is like, all right. <laughs> Little do you know, Ty, the guy who does those Would I Survive This simulations is actually the, you know, executive producer of stunts on the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. <laughs> so please put some respect on his name. <laughs> that's that's actually how he does his research. He's like, okay, 12% of people think I could survive this. We can do this in the next movie. <laughs> uh I mentioned key elements and there being bad dialogue that made me laugh. Um, I have a, a nomination for ridiculous movie scene of the year. Oh um, my God. I want to get your take on it. There's a few nominees from this film. The one that I wanted to nominee was the introduction of Brie Larson with buff Pat McAfee, where they are standing in the, the whatever that room was where there was floating screens and the, the, they're doing like the camera circle thing where it looks like they're standing on one of those selfie sticks that moves and it's the worst dialogue ever, and it's an expedition exposition dump of, like, everything that's happened in the previous movies. Like, hey, in case there's anyone here who doesn't remember, like, here's everything that mm-hmm. happened. Um, yeah. And the, the uh, you know, the, the dialogue was horrible and everything. Like, that was the worst scene of this film by far, in my opinion. It was awful. It was god-awful. Um, the one that comes to mind for me is when Ludacris and the other smart girl are like, Oh well, he's actually got a quantum uh, thumb drive, fucking hardware two point oh five that uh, it's unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's incredible. I think a twelve year old writes some of their dialogue. Yeah, that's great. So I don't know the Brie Larson scene. I don't know how you feel about it, but that was some of the worst uh, dialogue and everything I've I've ever heard. So uh, I'm I'm going Brie Larson intro for Fast X. Thank you. I appreciate We're putting that. it up there. I, I really do at the end of the year want to go back and rewatch all of these scenes um, and genuinely vote and, and get a winner, please. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that, Ty, without a problem. Uh, what are we on now? Characters. Well, time out here, Jay. Okay. We're, we haven't oh, talked no. about visuals You're right. cinematography. You're right. Um, but are we talking Are we talking the, fist, the, the hand-to-hand combat and key elements, or do you want to wait? Um, go ahead. Let's talk about it now. Now, before the pod, you said there is something that someone does. Yes. That brings you a lot of joy. Correct. Is that not a hand-to-hand combat scene? Because I think I figured it out. It is a hand-to-hand combat scene. You are correct. Please elaborate on that scene, Jay. I will when we get to enjoyment. (laughs) Okay. I won't say nothing. Thank you, Ty. Visuals, cinematography, look, this is really ridiculous. There's a lot of ridiculous action. There's a lot of CGI. Um, that being said, like the CGI, you might, there, I mean, there's it doesn't look perfect, but after seeing a lot of the no. shit. No. What? No fucking chance you're defending the CGI right now. I was just going to say there was nothing. I, after seeing the shit that Disney's put out recently, I didn't have any egregious problems with this. What egregious problems did you have, Ty? Jason. What kind of fucking theater did you watch this in, dog? Because that's incredible. The Dol- they had like Photoshop for a movie. The Dolby Special Theater. Jason. The <sighs> fucking CGI of like Dominic Toretto in his car with like the flames and shit looked worse than like 2002's fucking Spider Man or like the early 2000 Fantastic Four. Like his face is so fucking rubbery and the CGI looks like 
it's genuinely some of the worst CGI I think I've seen in the past like twenty years. Are you just saying that because you hate the Fast and the Furious franchise and you no. want to give it a bad no. score and something? No, no, not at all. I'm telling you, I've actually had a pretty good fucking time with this movie. The CGI and the ball bouncing around and the physics of the ball and like it like cuts to the very like all CGI like interior of the cars. It does it like three times throughout the movie is some of the worst CGI I have ever fucking seen in my entire life. Well, I, I guess we saw things differently. I really had no problems. Mm-hmm. Riley, did you have any problems with the CGI in this film? She shook her head no. No. Where we watch? I, we got to go back. There's some of the things where it looks like the fucking like, um, um, Hollywood Boulevard wax figure was driving <laughs> the fucking Dodge Charger. Fair enough. Okay. I... I wish I could, like, agree with you, but I just don't. I'm not saying it was good. I didn't walk away from this like, wow, the VFX team deserves an Oscar for this, an Oscar nominee. But I did not walk away from this shitting on it either. I really didn't, Ty. I'm ex- what did you give it? I'm excited to hear. I'm blown away. I think that, like, some of the, the action shots and shit are fine. And I like, like, a couple of the hand-to-hand combat things. There's a few fun ones in there. The CGI was fucking terrible though i landed on a five wow rarely do we disagree this heavily i guess i'm I'm not we're not really disagreeing i didn't really say it was great cgi but i just maybe it's a special dolby cinema man they had the thing before the movie where it was showing how the colors were better contrast and everything so i don't know maybe you just need to see it in a theater like that I don't even like want to tell you my score because you're just going to be mean to me. But I, I gave this an 11. I was fine with everything. No. I liked some of the action scenes. I liked the music. And I liked the driving that was included. And I thought the CGI was passable. And nothing blew me away. But nothing took it away either. The CGI was some of the worst CGI I've ever fucking seen in a movie. Like really, 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 really fucking bad. Um, that blows me away. I can't wait for you to go home and rewatch this on your TV that makes CGI look even worse because you'll see it. You'll understand what I'm saying. Um, I did. I, I mean, some of the driving was fine. They did. I feel like they, they focused too much on family and not enough on the fast part of this fast franchise. <laughs> it really bummed me out. There wasn't cool. Like fast and furious movies should have the most ridiculous, cool racing sequences and driving sequences of any movies. And, it's just, it doesn't hold a fucking candle to some of the other ones we've seen here recently. Yeah, but when do they ever do this now? Like, that's just not what these movies are about anymore, you know? I mean, I guess, but... That's why they should, I, change, I wish it was. They should change the name to the... Aren't, don't they say, like, the Furious Saga? Maybe they're not even Fast and the Furious anymore. This is Fat... Well, it was called Fast X, I guess, so... Well, maybe we get Fast X, Furious 11, Family 12. <laughs> I love it. That would be great. Um, I don't know. I maybe maybe our listeners can let us know what they thought of the CGI, and maybe I will go home and I'll watch it on my bad CGI TV, and we'll see just how bad it really is. But I I, I didn't have an issue with it. I really didn't. Wow. Okay. Um, I also didn't have an issue with the characters, Ty. Specifically, the creative decision that this who even directed this. I don't think it was Justin Lin or whatever his name is. Justin. No, he stepped away. The... Louis Lettieri. Thank you for that, Ty. I loved the creative decision to completely change John Cena's character because yeah. one, one of the biggest things we shit on with the last Fast and the Furious movie is as big of a defender as I am of John Cena. 
he cannot act seriously. He cannot act, not that he can't, but he just, in that specific role, he was not great in it. You know, maybe he can in a different type of role with better writing, all that fun stuff, better producing, but he struggled in it. But we know he can be funny and he could be comedic and he's kind of good at that no matter what the film is. And that's what they had him do in this. He was literally just, he, he resorted back to his typecast. It was incredible. They went for making him the serious villain with like no comedic tones, like I'm I'm the fucking bad guy, to oh my god, it's Peacemaker. Yeah, and like Peacemaker, Vacation Friends, Blocker, like it, it was kind of vacation yeah. frenzy, but you know, yeah, for sure. It was it was PG it was PG Peacemaker for sure. It was incredible. You just like it's just a completely different fucking character. I would argue that's like the fifth on-screen death of villain Jacob versus comedic Jacob. And as crazy as it is, like, to change the character that much from movie to movie, I don't think it was a bad decision. No, it works great. It works fucking wonderful. <laughs> like, I love John Cena in this. Um, I don't love him in this. He, he was what he typecast to be always, so it is what it is. The rest of the cast, like, I feel like there's nothing to really... <sighs> talk deeply about when it comes to the fast and the furious regulars because they all just play the same characters dude like vin diesel's <laughs> the same guy michelle rodriguez is the same gal like they're all the same there's no new developments so you kind of have to talk about the newcomers and the changes like john cena some of the cameos i think pete davidson's cameo in this was fantastic i thought his five minutes or maybe less than five minutes on screen were great I, you know that was Maybe my favorite scene of the film, just because Pete Davidson was so funny in it. Um, yeah. And I kind of liked Jason Momoa in this tie. I thought I was going to hate him from all the trailers. I kind of actually really liked his performance. Really? Oh, we disagree. Uh, what You say you kind of like his performance? I, I kind of really like it. Oh, you kind of really like it? Yes, correct. Then we only kind of disagree, Jay, because I really like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I fucking I fucking love Jason Momoa in this movie. He's playing like a gay joker and it's so much fun. Yes. It's so fucking cool because he's just so flamboyant and ridiculous and just doesn't give a fuck and it's just such a good time every time he's on screen. Yeah, he's he's really good in this like I, the fucking spa day where he's like pampering himself with the two fucking dead guys sitting in the chair next to him. It's just it's some of the most unhinged shit I've ever seen, and he's so fucking good in it. He's just so funny throughout this whole fucking movie. Yeah, he's. It was it was a great line they told of making him a hateable villain that the audience is definitely rooting against, especially the Fast and the Furious diehards. But making him, they didn't make him redeemable, you know, like some good villains are. But they made him funny which which helps but not like cringy funny not you know it, it was like it was, it was a good character and it was a good performance like that character in the wrong hands is atrocious like it would just be absolutely yeah. garbage and i thought the performance was good and i i'm glad he's going to be spearheading the the final trilogy quadrilogy no i if the decision really is like this one is the fast family versus momoa and the next one is hobbs and shaw versus momoa to team up and take down like the final movie is like everyone teams up to stop Momoa. I will fucking love to watch him in all three of these movies for the first time in a long time. I'll be excited to watch a fast movie solely for Jason Momoa's character. Yes. Yes. If he's the villain, I'm all in. 
That's you... the one thing they got right um, in comparing this to Infinity War is I love the villain. Yeah, I agree. Maybe that's why people are comparing it. And it, it does have, like, I get where, I get the very basic foundation of the comparison that it was good villain. Almost, it's the villain story. It's not the hero story. And the villain's, like, slowly picking apart the other team. With Thanos, it's a little bit different because he kind of just kills them all at the end. But he he's slowly collecting the stones and all that, where Jason Moe is slowly doing this and that. But to make that bold of a comparison that it was on the same level is, is is just absurd in my opinion. What did you give it characters with how much you liked Momoa, Ty? Uh, so look, you're right. The Fast family is who they are. But look, man, I give Ensemble Cats some love if their chemistry works. I really liked the villain in this. Um, Vin Diesel's just Vin Diesel. He's never going to get credit. It's terrible line dialogue, everything. is awful from him. Um, and I like Pete Davidson in it. And I like John Cena in it, and look, I can't go much higher than this, but it's a it's a strong thirteen. Um, no one's gonna win awards. It's terrible in everything, but just based on Jason Momoa is getting like ten points for me alone. No, yeah, Jason Momoa carries this. Like I usually break it into like main character, side characters. It's a little bit harder with this, and you always say I don't value ensemble casts or voice acting, which I don't appreciate. Um, you just disvalue my opinion sometimes, but. <laughs> Um, it, it was hard to make that direct tier for this because side character, main character, there's, I, there is side characters and main characters, but if we did that, it's like Vin Diesel really weighs down the score. I, I landed a similar score. I landed a 12 out of 20 and it's like the rest of the, the fast family, kind of the core people, it, 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 they're not bad but they're not great you know maybe it's like a five out of ten a 4.5 out of ten like it's not atrocious acting but you can't really pound the table for them and then the additions of like momoa and the cena character change and the davidson cameo and um there was another brie larson's was not good in this unfortunately as a big brie larson fan the bad guy was yeah. atrocious oh my god he was so bad ty he weighs it down though the the buff pat mcafee horrible one of the worst actors I, he's Go ahead. He he's from other things, and and the one that comes to mind is he did the uh, our good friend uh, Ben McDonald. Um, shout out Ben. Loved the it's the football show, and I can't think of the fucking name of it. Saturday. Right oh oh yeah yeah I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called. It's, it's Blue Mountain State. I want to say yeah Something Blue like Mountain that. State, and he play, he plays the dumb like jock football player in that. He plays it to a T. And it's it's very easy when you're supposed to play dumb football player, but uh, outside of that, I I don't think he's very good. He's in like the Teen Titans HBO show, also. Um, he's better in that than he is this, but he's he's really fucking bad in this movie. I did admittedly forget about War, but he's he gives the worst performance out of everyone. It's wild that he shares scenes with Brie Larson because those two are probably like two of the worst characters in this movie. Yeah, and I don't know how much of it comes back to to dialogue because the dialogue in this is it's not great. So, Mm-mm. you know, no. I I think that could be part of the problem as well. But you know, the writing's um, not great. Now, going back to key elements, I also forgot. Thing, this is a very Corona beer heavy movie. Um, it's it's franchise, I should say. It's always Coronas if they're drinking. The fucking audacity of Brie Larson to walk up with Stella Artois beers. And set it down in front of Dominic Toretto. Who the fuck does she think she is? I don't know, Ty. That's that was a bold decision by her. 
She's like, oh, Belgian? Like, no, he doesn't want a fucking Belgian beer. Get this man a fucking import. <laughs> you know, if you're not liking the Fast and the Furious franchise, Ty, you, you sure do feel strongly about Dominic Toretto getting offered a different type of beer. No, look, I don't like the franchise, but at least I understand one thing, and it's it's he loves his family and he loves his Coronas. And you just, it's, it's, she might as well have walked up and been like, oh, you guys, you just want to fucking ditch your family for the night? Like, she may as well have said something like that because it was so disrespectful. He, he, she might as well have asked him if he wanted to trade his vehicle in and go electric to help the economy. Exactly. <laughs> Rolled up like, oh, I'll give you a ride in my fucking Prius. Yeah, yeah, Dominic, can you help the environment? Can you please turn in your your your, your muscle car for a, a Tesla? Maybe that's what will happen. And maybe oh, that's what the villain could have been. It could have just been Elon Musk, man. Yeah, they they might well as fucking like followed that scene up with a scene of him installing the stock exhaust back onto his car. <laughs> um, yeah, the, without you know the the solid parts of this, mostly Jason Momoa. This is like a seven or eight out of 10 or 20, excuse me, because the main people are who they are. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're not great. And the bad people really do kind of stick out like a sore thumb, but there's some great performances that take your mind off it. You literally said you forgot about the guy. So that's a good sign, you know, that your, your takeaway was more Momoa and not buff Pat McAfee sucking in this role. Um, So (laughs) heavy lifting from Jason Momoa, who is someone who I haven't really been like, not, I'm not against him, but he hasn't, there's I've never seen I haven't seen you know Game of Thrones and all that but I haven't seen anything where I love him in it so this was I liked this this was a good start from mine and Jason Momoa's relationship now I, I will say you're bringing up Pat McAfee which is very uh, uh on point for for this conversation because I know he's been getting involved in this um obviously we have Cena I was hoping we'd get Dwayne Johnson and Cena on screen together one big takeaway for me is Jason Momoa would fucking kill it in the WWE yeah, if he wanted to commit himself to it, but acting, you make a lot more money. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But like, if he comes up in the nineties, he's he's because he looks like the fucking like great Kali or something. But he's just got that charisma to him to where like he could be a fan favorite, but he could also be such a fucking heel, and everyone would hate him. And he's fucking jacked, and he's big. And I just I was thinking throughout this movie, like he would be so fucking good as a WWE superstar. That's a good list for a future podcast. The best five best actors and actresses who would be WWE superstars. Momo was probably number one tie. So yeah, maybe the next Cena or rock movie will do that. You know, if, if the movie itself isn't very long, speaking of Cena, I want to jump to enjoyment. So mm. my enjoyment for this film, I will tell you was a 13 out of 20, but there was something. And my, my reasoning is it's not a fantastic technical movie. And I understand that. But I would be lying to you if I said I didn't have a great time watching these ridiculous movies and laughing about it. Now, I'm also going to forget a lot of the stuff that happened in this. But that kind of makes it rewatchable because I'll watch it again in the future maybe. And I'll be like, oh shit, I forgot they did that. That's really cool. And I'm going to laugh at it because it's ridiculous. But it did get a plus one bump. And that plus one bump was for a very special thing that I always ask for in films, Ty. And I've asked for it multiple times multiple different actors, multiple different situations. And this film finally capitalized on it. It was something that I knew was happening in the film before it happened because I saw a Twitter clip about it. John Cena hit 
is attitude adjustment in an action scene. And that is everything I've always wanted. So it got an automatic plus one bump. It is fucking WWE fucking move, dude. Through a, a roof, by the way, through or the floor, I should say, of a two-story building <laughs> onto the bottom <laughs> level. From, from the second story all the way down to the fucking bottom. And it was incredible to see on screen. <laughs> With the attitude adjustment executed to perfection. He definitely did his own stunt there. The clip I saw was, you know, Cena talking about the stunt director being like, hey, man, like, do you want to do your WWE move in this? And Cena was like, yeah, sure. And it's like, why don't they do this more? Like, do people like The Rock? Like, nah, like, I, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not, I'm distancing myself from that, whatever. I don't want my legacy to be that I'm a wrestler. You know, maybe I could definitely see Batista saying that if they asked Batista to hit a Batista bomb, which I would pop for if Drax hit someone with a Batista bomb, that'd be freaking awesome, dude. Um, so great. And he's a, he's a character that could do it too and pull it off. They need to fucking make that happen. A hundred percent. But, you know, so they, they pulled the trigger. Fast and the Furious is the perfect type of movie to do this. And I'm just over the moon. So it got a plus automatic plus one from me to get a 14 out of 20. Um, what did, how, how much did you enjoy it, Ty? Look, man, I, if there's one thing you know about me is I'm sick and tired of these fucking movies. Yes, you are. Um, I was not going into it excited. It was very much a chore. I had heard that it was possibly a little better than the most recent entries. Um, I, I wasn't disappointed. It was definitely better than the most recent entries. I would say it's a return back to form or figuring out their new form of uh, what these movies should be and how to have fun with them. Is it great? No. Is it one of my favorite movies ever? No. Like you said, I'm going to forget about it, but it's a fun enough watch. I also finished at a 14 out of 20. Um, I, I I had a good time watching this movie. I'm not going to pretend I didn't just to be the guy who hates Fast and Furious. Um, it was fun. I had a good time. And I'm very surprised that I did. What's your final score? My final score, Jay... That 14 out of 20 bumps me up uh, to exactly a 50 out of 100. Wow. Okay. Um, my score actually went down from my original rendition of this this scale. I landed at a 61 out of 100 tie. Wow. I mean, the main difference, the big difference was visuals. I gave it 11. You gave it, what, a 5? Something maybe even lower. Mm-hmm. So that's six mm-hmm. points right there. And then, you know, some extra points here and there. Um, look, like you said, I had fun with this. It's not my favorite movie ever. I'm not going to be pounding the table to recommend this to everyone. But people who like Fast and the Furious movies are going to like this. And this was objectively better than the last few. Like the one with John Cena as the generic bad guy, like just wasn't good. Like it was not enjoyable. They didn't play to his strengths. It was predictable yet crazy, but like almost not even in a in a good way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you really think that, Jay? I'm looking at this now. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. You gave F nine six points higher than you gave this movie. Now, with that, that's being a bad said, score. I gave, I gave this only two points higher than I gave F nine. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't explain that. I, I I mean, the plot slash story had one higher. The what is this? The visual cinematography had three higher for that one. So maybe that's why they did cooler scenes or something. The CGI w- stuck out more. I would have to go back and listen to it because in my head that feels wrong. But then again, it might be recency yeah. bias for fat for Fast Ten. So I'm not sure. 
No. Oh, oh. No, I don't think it is. Um, I, I think this was a good movie. I just think we were way too – which is shocking that I was that high on F9. Um, but we were both too high for F9. Um, the one comparison I made before that people were saying is uh, it's a little – it gives off, like, the structure of the Dark Knight. Yeah. With, the, with that character. We start with a, a robbery, just like the Dark Knight. Um, Jason Momoa has a scene where he must choose between his guy friend and this, this chick. Um, where one of them is going to die and the hero has to make the decision on who he saves. Oh, yeah. Um, we get Jason Momoa not caring about money and just like burning the money down. He goes to like the other villains headquarters and takes over. Yeah. Um, very Dark Knight reminiscent in this movie. Real Batman influences. Just wanted to point that out. All right. I, I like the comparison, Ty. What's the collective score for us? Fast X. You gave, I gave it a 50, you gave it a 61 for a combined score of 55 and a half, making it the 138th ranked movie out of 182 films. It is tied exactly with The Gray Man. Um, it is with the likes of The Many Saints of Newark, Violent Night, Cocaine Bear, Jackass Forever, Venom Let There Be Carnage. This is a really, this is a really good grouping of movies that all make sense to be right next to each other. And most importantly, it is two points behind F9, the Fast Saga, which, look, I'm not going to say our skill's flawed or I'm flawed in my logic. Excuse me, my mic just cut out a little bit, but something happened in that scale, and I can't explain it. It needs to be reviewed by the committee. Um, Changes do need to be made to that, because we had a 19-point difference on that movie, and you were absolutely the reason it's so high. I'll I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board and see. Random Rot Tomato Audience Score of the Week tie. I'm on a road trip. This is a great pod, by the way. It lived up to my expectations. I'm on a road trip. I we saw Fast and the Furious. So let's let's go talk about another movie about family and someone who's actually pretty furious in the film. Um oh. and a question that Riley might have asked me one or two times during this road trip. She actually didn't once. That's a lie. I don't know why I said that. That is the 2005 kids and family comedy starring the cube himself. Are mm-hmm. we there yet? I know of this movie. I've never watched it. Ice Cube feels like someone who shows up in these movies at some point. Um, would you like a uh, Would you like the movie info from Ron Tomatoes? Yeah, I mean, I think I probably know. He's like a he's like on a road trip, but he's like the stepdad, right? Attempting to win the favor of a newly divorced Suzanne, Nick offers to accompany her children, Lindsay and Kevin, on a flight from Portland, Oregon, to Canada to see their mother. A mishap with a corkscrew and a metal detector gets the troop gets the troop banned from the flight. However, gets the troop banned from the flight. However, so Nick is forced to drive the kids in his prized Lincoln Navigator. Tensions inevitably rise during the long road trip, but Nick is not to be deterred. So he's trying to get some, and so he's driving the kids to across the country, and they're messing up his nice car, and he gets mad. But then they wow. probably fall in love with each other. They view him by – imagine they view him as a dad by the end of the movie, but the mom's just like, oh, you're not getting any. And that's just it. He just ends up being like the cool uncle or something. That would suck. Uh, I don't – I mean, that could be how the movie ends. I've never seen it. I got to imagine Ice Cube gets the girl, though. Um, oh, yeah. He's not being uh, in the movie where he doesn't. We're doing – yeah, we're doing audience score, though? Correct. Audience. How much did the audience like this movie with over 
250,000 ratings. A lot of ratings. Holy shit, that is a lot of ratings. Um, I don't think the audience liked this movie one bit. I think we're going to go with a... 36 out of 100. You were one factor of nine off. Instead of a 36, it got a 45 out of 100 tie from the audience. Only a 12% from critics. Eek. Yeah, that sounds right. No, I think that's that's probably a really shit move. I also thought of a new... Uh, I, I have a new idea for this because we move on and we come up with new ideas once you get it right. So once you get it right, it, we have a banger idea, Ty, of how we're going to spin this little end of podcast thing we do. So just please get it right soon because I just want to start it now. And I'm not going to tell you what it is until we're there. Oh, God. That's a lot of pressure because you're definitely going to forget by the time I, I get it and then uh, we're going to be screwed. I, I, I don't forget ideas like this. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your road trip, Jay. Um, I'm excited for, for more updates um, next week on the pod. I don't actually have any fucking clue what we're reviewing. I know because I'm trying to plan the schedule to when I can see this film for our recording next week. We are going to review the film that looks really bad, but it's actually getting kind of decent reviews so far. The Little Mermaid live action. Mm. Disney live action. Because everyone knows how great those are. And we're going to have the same conversation we've had three times in the last year and a half. (laughs) I'm getting so tired of it. I'm a defeated man. 70% 70% Rotten Tomatoes, 95 audience score. Just saying. I I hope that's the case. I hope I'm blown away by it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But in the meantime, Jay, you not only... No, I'm not going to say the ending thing till the end. Uh, in the meantime, you enjoy the rest of your road trip. <laughs> I'm glad I enjoyed a Fast and the Furious movie, finally. Me too. And uh, in the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.